full armor of God. Praise the Lord. Thank you, worship team. Appreciate it. The good worship today. Praise God. Open your Bibles today to John's Gospel, okay? John's Gospel, chapter 11. Familiar story. Going to read a few verses today from this, from this chapter and um, share a few thoughts with you from the Word of God. Are you there? They're going to put it up on the screen. Amen. Jennifer's little girl said that was what the magic wall. She told her friends we had a magic wall. Amen. (laughs) And we do. And it's going to get bigger. Praise God. Amen. We want everybody to see it. All right. They're going to put it up on the magic wall. 11, John 11, chapter 1. Now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary, and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sisters sent unto him, sent unto Jesus, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. And when Jesus heard that, he said... This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. And when he had heard, therefore, that he was sick. Now notice these two verses. Because to the natural mind, you're thinking, what's, what's going on here? Verse 5, And Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, and he's got a message from them that Lazarus is sick. And verse 6 says, And when he heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days, still in the same place where he was. Let's jump down to verse 17. And when Jesus came, he comes to Bethany, he found that Lazarus had laid in the grave four days already. Now Bethany was nigh unto Jerusalem, about 15 furlongs off. And many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as he heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. And then said Martha to Jesus, Lord, If you had been here, my brother had not died. In other words, she's saying, where were you? We sent you a message. We told you he was sick and you didn't come. Now he's dead. If you'd have been here, this wouldn't have happened. I don't know, you know, we read the text. We can't get the exact inflection in the voice or in the words of Martha, but I kind of get the idea that she's a little bit upset with Jesus. Don't you? I think she's a little bit aggravated with Jesus. Because he could have done something, but he didn't. I know none of us here has ever been there. Verse 21. I'm going to read these two verses. Verse 21 again. And when Martha, and then Martha said to, to Jesus, Lord, if you... Had been here, my mother, my brother. I've got a giant print Bible and I'm still having trouble. 
<laughs> Lord, if you had been here, my brother had not died. Look at verse 22. But I know that even now, Whatsoever you will ask of God, God will give it you. And Jesus said to her, Thy brother shall rise again. And I want to call your attention to that 22nd verse today and talk to you for just a few minutes on this, on this thought. When, when Martha said to Jesus, If you'd have been here, Things would have been different. My brother wouldn't have died. But notice what she said. But I know that even now, even now, it's not too late. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your word today. Help us to minister to your people this morning and share what you've laid upon our heart. Open our hearts to receive the good word of God today, the seed of your word on good ground in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. I have always considered myself to be a, a punctual individual. I always like to be on time. My wife can attest to that. Uh, I, you know, if I have a, a place to be at a certain time, I, I, I just always have been that way. I'll be 30 minutes early a lot of times. I mean, I'm always usually the first one there. I just never have liked being late. And so punctuality is, is uh, something that I feel is very important. You know, trains and planes uh, leave at appointed times. They're on a schedule. Connecting flights. When you're flying somewhere, uh, you know, you have a connecting flight somewhere. Those connecting flights are dependent on the earlier flights being on time. When we went to, uh, when we flew to Africa a few years ago, went to Uganda, um, the flights, I was amazed at how precise the times were. We would leave, we left Chicago and were to arrive in Brussels at a certain time. And you know what? It was the, the flights were right on time. And um, leave Brussels, go to Entebbe, the flights were right on time. But the connecting flights always depended upon those flights being there on time. Because delays, and any of you that travel know that delays or cancellations can cause big problems for people. And we see that a, a lot of times. But you know the most punctual, the most on-time person in the universe is God. Amen. He's the most punctual person in the universe. I mean, God has set up the galaxies and the solar system to run with, with unique precision. Uh, I was looking at my weather app, you know, last night and just to see what the weather was going to be today. And, and when I looked at that weather app, I noticed that, that it has the time that the sun was going to rise. It was, was 6.41 a.m. and it would set this evening at 5 something. But it was to the minute 
they knew, they could predict, they knew, these guys do, uh, exactly what time the sun's coming up in the morning and what time it's going down in the evening. And you know what? Who set all that up? God did. You know, from a thousand years, they could probably predict that uh, a thousand years from now, the time that the sun would rise and the sun would set to the millisecond because God has set that in motion and God has has, has created it to be that way. We don't have to worry about what time the sun's going to rise or where it's going to rise from. God has put that all into place because God is always on time. And through the word of God, we read about him always being an on-time God. So how strange it is here in this text to find God, to find the Lord Jesus Christ being late. And there are times, if you read the Bible, there are times in the Word of God where it appears. And and I'm going to put emphasis on the word appears. There are times when it appears that God is running late. Somebody would say, well, where would that be found in the Bible? Well, you know, God made a promise to Abraham that he was going to give him a son and make a great nation of him and Sarah. When Abraham was 75 years old, he made that promise, but it took 25 years for God to fulfill that promise. Sarah's 90, Abraham's hundred and it looked like God had run out of time how many remember that but God's never never late he's always on time he was 15 years in fulfilling the dreams of Joseph that he had given to Joseph God had given Joseph uh, Joseph those dreams you know of how he was going to be exalted and uh, but yet he had to go through uh, a lot of stuff before that actually was fulfilled 15 years before it took place he went to Egypt he was sold as a slave he was put in prison and a lot of things happened before the, the, the dreams that God had given him and his destiny was actually fulfilled from the time that God sent Saul to uh, the house of Jesse to anoint David as king as a teenage boy from that day until David actually sat on the throne was around 17 or more years and David fled from Saul throughout much of that time and here he was anointed of God and promised that he was going to be uh, the, become the king of Israel so it was, it, was a, it was a delay I guess is what I'm trying to say God makes promises but a lot A lot of times the promises that God makes to us are delayed. I said delayed. Can I get an amen? (coughs) Excuse me. Let me get me a a bottle of water. How many is going to help me preach today? Amen. So there are delays, and I think that all of us have experienced those delays in our life. So there's, and there's another, uh, uh, you know, there's a number of other instances in the Bible that we could relate to. But here in this Gospel of John, chapter 11, is probably one of the most familiar passages to us and stories where where it appeared that the Lord was not on time, but he was late. 
Here, Jesus is so late getting there to Bethany to, to Lazarus that uh, the man that, uh, that, that he was to, to heal actually died. And Jesus was so late to heal this man, Lazarus, that he even missed his funeral by four days. I mean, they had had the funeral. He died. They had the funeral. And they buried him before Jesus ever showed up. Man, if the pastor did that today, they'd be voting him out pretty quick. Amen? But even when Jesus is late, listen, he's still right on time. Can I get an amen? And we all know the situation here with Lazarus. We know the story. We know that Mary and Martha, we read about them in Luke chapter 10. We know that Mary and Martha, you know, were sisters and Lazarus was their brother and the scripture tells us that. Jesus had visited them in their home there in Bethany on several occasions. Mary was the one actually that the scripture records that, that, that washed the feet of the Lord with her tears. And wiped them with her hair and anointed the feet of Jesus and anointed him to the burial, for the burial. And Lazarus was their brother. And the Bible gives his name there as Lazarus. When you, when you, when you study the, the name of Lazarus and look up the name of Lazarus, his name means assistance from God. And I like that because it tells me something today that no matter, no matter what our circumstances may be or what we may be facing in life, we all need assistance and we need help from God. We just can't make it through this life on our own. We've got to have the help of the Lord. So here is a man by the name of Lazarus. He lives in the town of Bethany. And the name Bethany means the, the house of unripe figs. And it also means the house of misery or the house of affliction. And I can tell you today that we've all been in this place spiritually in our life. And every one of us have had a Bethany experience in our life where we've went through a time of suffering. We've went through a time of affliction. And we've been to that house of misery. Because all through this life, I think we all understand we're living in a, in a sin-cursed, fallen world. And all through this life, we... we, we um, we have encounters with sickness and with pain and we face death. We have discouragement and depression and it seems like that we go through trouble, a lot of trouble on this earth and through this life. And there's nowhere in the Bible that tells us that God has exempted us or made us immune from trouble or problems. The Bible says that many are the afflictions of the righteous but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Jesus even said in John 16, he said, in the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. Thank God we can be of good cheer. For I, Jesus said, have overcome the world. So none of us are immune from the attacks of the devil. None of us are immune from the trials and the tests that come in life. We all have our Bethany experience. 
experiences where we have to have the assistance of God, the help of the Lord, and God to move in our situation and in our life. So Lazarus is sick, the Bible says. The brother of Mary and Martha is sick, and so they send a request to Jesus, and they say to him, Lord, he whom thou lovest is sick. I think that's interesting because they didn't say, Lord, uh, he who loves you is sick, but they said, he whom thou lovest is sick. And I want to tell you something, ladies and gentlemen, that's an encouragement to me and should be an encouragement to every one of you because the Bible says herein is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us. And I want to tell you something today. There's a, there's a devil out there that tells a lot of people that Jesus doesn't love you, especially when bad things happen in our life, when sickness comes or when death comes or when trials come our way and things happen in our life that are unexplainable and we just don't have the answers. And a lot of times that happens in our life. Amen? But I want to tell you something that that, that, that the Lord loves us today. And it doesn't matter what you're facing or what you're going through. God loves you. Jesus loves you. Don't ever listen. Listen. Don't ever listen to the lie of the enemy when he whispers in your ear and tells you that if God really loved you, he would not have, he would not allow you to be going through this. I'm telling you that's an encouragement today that the Lord loves you. He whom you love is sick. And I can tell you something this morning as well that no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through, no matter what the misery, no matter what the pain, no matter what the trial, no matter what the suffering, Jesus loves you. Amen? He whom thou lovest. He loves Rick Hensley. He loves Terry Cavanaugh. He loves Denise McFarlane. He loves you today. Put your name in there. Come on, amen. And know that he is in love with you and loves you more than you could ever dream of and more than you could ever imagine. So they sent the message to the Lord. He was a, a, just a few miles away and they sent a message to him. Lord, the one you love is sick. Surely he's going to come immediately. Jesus has been to their home many times. Jesus has spent the night in their home a lot. Mary sat at his feet and heard him teach. Martha has prepared meals for him there and, and fed him. And, and they loved him and he loved them. And the scripture even said that he loved Martha and he loved Mary and he loved Lazarus. And so surely everything's going to be all right because Jesus is going to get the message. And he's coming right away and he's going to be here and he's going to heal. Lazarus and we're all just going to fix another meal and have a big time and celebrate. That was the way they had it all planned out. And Jesus could have easily done that. But the response of Jesus was something that they weren't used to and something that was seemed to be unnatural for him. Because Jesus could have easily dropped everything right then and went to where Lazarus was and healed him that very day. He would have not have had to have died or had a funeral if Jesus would have showed up because Jesus could do mighty miracles. Can I get an amen here today? 
I mean, he had the power. This Jesus had the power to alter the forces of nature and power to calm the winds and the waves of the sea. He was the water walker, the sea walker. Jesus had done so many wonderful, mighty miracles and had healed so many. And we've been talking about the healing power of the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, Jesus made withered arms to grow out and he took five loaves and two fish and fed over 5,000 families. I mean, he transformed water into wine at a wedding supper, at a wedding feast. He made lepers clean. He opened blinded eyes and the blind were able to see. The paralyzed and the lame got up and took up their beds and their couches and walked. Deaf ears were opened and they could hear and those who were mute could speak and the Bible said that he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him hallelujah you know what Jesus didn't even have to show up or to be present to perform a miracle because when the centurion came to him about his servant that was at home Jesus just said you know the centurion said to him you you don't even have to come to my house I'm not even worthy for you to come under my roof but Lord just speak the word only and my servant to be healed and Jesus said I haven't seen so great faith even in Israel and he just spoke the word and when the centurion got home the servant was healed and well the Syrophoenician woman came to Jesus in behalf of her daughter that was at home vexed of a devil grievously vexed of a devil and Jesus just spoke the word and when the mama got home hallelujah the devil was gone and her daughter was healed he didn't even have to go to her house a nobleman a nobleman from Capernaum came to Jesus at Cana and said Lord my son at home is at the point of death and Jesus just said the words thy son liveth and when the when the nobleman got back to Capernaum the fever was gone and when he began to inquire about the hour the fever left they said it was at the very same hour that Jesus said your son lives that the fever left and he got up and he was healed. So Jesus didn't even have to go to Bethany. All he had to do was speak the word and declare it done and Lazarus would have been healed. Can I get an amen? It would have happened. That's the Jesus we serve. And I want to tell you something here this morning, Abundant Life Family Church, amen. That's why we believe in proxy. We believe we can lay hands on somebody standing in for somebody else that can't be in this service. And God can send the word and heal them wherever they're at because there is no distance in prayer. Can somebody say amen today? Oh, yeah, I'm feeling something here today. So why, when we know those things and we know that he's moved with compassion, we know that Jesus loved Lazarus, we know that he's touched with the feeling of our infirmities, so why does Jesus wait until a man whom he clearly loves is dead before he even sets out to go and help him? It seems to be out of character with the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, imagine calling your best friend or even your pastor and calling them up and say, hey, I think I'm going to die. I've never been this sick before in my life and that friend or that preacher or that pastor says well I'm really busy right now I'll try to make it by Friday do you think you can hang on that long 
I mean, that's kind of the situation we got here. That wouldn't go over very well today with most people, amen? With a friend or anybody else, you wouldn't think that a friend would do that. So we don't always, listen, here's the thing that I want to get across to us today. We don't always understand why Jesus does the things the way he does things. I'm not God, and you're not God, and we just sometimes face some situations in life that we don't have answers for and we don't understand. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 29 and 29 that the secret things belong to the Lord, but the things that are revealed belong to his children and, and their children's children. There are some things that we can't figure out. Amen? But I can tell you this, even when we don't understand the way the Lord is doing things, we can still believe him and we can still put our trust in him and we're going to find out that's exactly what Martha did that day whether she really understood it or not she knew that when Jesus even though he was late when Jesus shows up late he's still always right on time come on somebody he's always right on time oh hallelujah hallelujah It was really a sign. And I know this is hard for us to grasp in our natural mind, but it was a sign actually of a greater love. We know that he loved them. And because he loved them, he determined to do something extraordinary for them and to perform a greater miracle than he had ever done for anyone else. And this is exactly what Jesus did there at Bethany that day. There was no greater miracle in the ministry of Jesus that he ever performed, I don't think, than this miracle of raising from the dead a man that had been dead for four Four days in the grave, four days, and his body had already began to decompose. There's no greater miracle. Many people got saved and believed that day when Jesus called Lazarus out of the grave. There was some dry bones rattling and some dead bones rattling and shaking. When the stone was rolled away and the man was raised from the dead, nobody could perform a miracle like that except Jesus because he is the resurrection and the life and though we be dead yet shall we live hallelujah and whoever believes in him shall never die hallelujah Woo! praise God so it was a greater miracle he waits until Lazarus has died and that he's already they've had the funeral they've buried him And he's delaying to answer their prayer. He's allowing the situation to become hopeless and impossible in their life. And God's greatest intentions. Now I want you to get this. God's greatest intentions may be signaled by his longest delays and here's the thing that we got to hold on to is when the answer's delayed believe that God has got even something better and greater in store for you because we we just don't know God's plan and purpose 
faith has got to be tested, and we know that. Great faith has got to be tested greatly. All of our faith is tested, and untested faith should never be trusted. We must stand strong in our faith through those times of testing. But what do we do, ladies and gentlemen? What do we do when life arrives with all of its reality and God doesn't? What do we do when hell shows up and heaven stays silent? Man, I've been there. You've been there. Huh? Anybody, anybody know what I'm talking about? We've all been there. In that place where we've, we've been in our Bethany experience, our time of hurting and pain and misery, and we have prayed, and we have fasted, and we have called for Jesus, and we have confessed the Word, and we've believed God, and we've, we've stood on the promises of God, and, and He just didn't show up. So what do we do now when, when everything that we've tried to do, just, it just didn't seem to work? And I don't understand everything. You know, if you'll read the 12th chapter of Acts, there's a situation in Acts 12 that I don't fully understand because there was two preachers in Acts 12. One's name was James, amen, Peter, James, and John, one of the inner circle, that was arrested by Herod, and Herod beheaded him and killed him. The, the second member of that of that uh, inner circle was Peter, of Peter, James, and John. He was arrested, put in jail. The plans were to kill him and to execute him. But the church got together and had a prayer meeting and prayed, and God came on the scene and sent an angel and delivered Peter out of prison. And my question's always been this. Why didn't you deliver James? James got allowed to stay there until he was executed. Peter, he got out of jail but why is that the situation that's one of those things you're just going to have to sit down and pull up a chair at Jesus feet if you want to know the answer and ask about it somebody said well maybe the church didn't pray for James I don't know the scripture is silent there but where the scripture is silent we cannot make speculation all right we just have to go by what the word of God says I know this much that as soon as James head was severed from his body he he opened his eyes in glory and he was with the Lord in heaven I do know that come on amen but what do we do how do we handle the situation all of us at some point have been bothered by the silence of God we've all been bothered by his absence in a situation we've all been there we've all been through that sometimes God just steps back to see what we're going to do we still will you know to just to see will we still love him will we still serve him just for himself and not for what he can do for us will we still praise him will we still worship him will we still love him when we when life just does not make any sense will we still have can we have the same kind of commitment and consecration that Job had when he didn't understand what was going on and yet he said Though he slay me yet, will I trust in him? God may be just stepping back to see what will your and my reaction be. Amen. Let me tell you something this morning. Whether or not, whether or not he heals me, 
Listen, I've said this before. I believe whether he heals me or not, he is still the healer. He is still Jehovah Rapha. He has still made that promise in his word. And I don't believe in healing because I've been healed or my family members have been healed or I've saw other people be healed. I believe in healing. I believe in the miraculous. I believe in the power of God because that's who God is and that's what his word says. He is the almighty God. He is the great I am. He is the Lord of glory regardless of my situation. He's still the resurrection and the life even when Lazarus is in a cold grave and rotten away. Jesus is still Lord. Praise God. Listen, I'm going to close. I'm almost done. Can you believe it? I'm going to skip some stuff. Even now, and I love what, what Martha said. When she, she hears that Jesus has got to town, they've done had the funeral, it's over. Be showing up now. She gets word that Jesus has got to Bethany and she comes out and we read the text. She chides him a little bit. She says, you should have been here. I'm a little upset that you didn't come and heal my brother, but you, you could have stopped it. You could have prevented it, but you let him die. But she said, even now, even now, when things look to be a total loss, even now, we've had the funeral, he's in the grave, the stones rolled over it, he's begin to decompose, deteriorate. But even now, whatever you ask of the Father, I believe God will do it for you. Mm, hallelujah. See where her faith was, though? You know, I mean, you know, she, she, she didn't understand it, and she didn't know why he wasn't there, but she said, I still believe that since you're here, Lord, since you're here, you're not too late, but you can do something even now. Even when, 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 when everything's looking the worst, you can still do something. Amen. As bad as it is, here's what Martha is saying. Lord, as bad as it is, you still have the power to change it. And even if it gets worse, listen, you can still say the same thing. Even now, God, I know you can move in my behalf. Even now, I know you can change the situation. Even now, I know you're able. You're the God who is more than enough. And I will not give up in my faith and believing God I still believe that you can work a miracle in my life even now I believe that
even now my child can be saved. I don't care how crazy they're acting. I don't care how deep in sin they're gone. They've gone. Uh, even now, I believe, God, you can make a change in their life. Even now, the devil will not have my family. He will not have his way and do what he wants to do because even now, you can change the situation. I believe that you're still in control. Do you believe it today? Yeah. Amen. Well, how long is the Lord going to wait, Brother Rick? Just like he did here. He's going to wait until it stinks. Huh? He got ready. He gets up there. I mean, it's too late now. He gets up there. He said, roll away the stone. And what's Martha say? No. He's, by now, he stinks. See, that's when Jesus likes to work. When the situation just literally stinks. When it's just a mess. When you, can, you don't have an answer for it. You don't know what to do. And that's when Jesus, he, he sometimes just waits till the situation really stinks. And when it stinks, see, here's the thing. When it gets to this situation, that's when God is going to get the glory. Back in verse number four, when, they got the, when Jesus got the word that Lazarus was dead, Jesus said, this sickness is not unto death, but it was. He did die. What did Jesus mean? He said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified thereby. Amen. Let me tell you something. He was not saying that God was going to get glory in Lazarus' death, but he was going to get glory in the greater miracle that was performed when he raised him out of that death and out of that grave and out of that tomb. Amen. It was then when he healed him, when he raised him up, that God got the glory. Can I, can I get an amen? God knows how to do a work in your life. Even now, even now, the situation may stink. The situation may seem dead. The situation may seem that there's no way that life can come into this. But I'm telling you, that is when Jesus shines in your life. For he is the resurrection and the life. When it's impossible, don't give up believing in him. When it's impossible. When it stinks, trust in the Lord and let him do a miracle and believe him for a miracle in your life. Amen? Even now, as bad as it is, Jesus, you have the power to change it. And that is what, that is what she was saying, Martha was saying to the Lord. He may not do as we expect. But here's the thing. I want God to know today that I can believe that even now the situation can be changed. See, listen to me. Faith, true faith, is oblivious to the obvious. Doesn't mean you're denying circumstances. I mean, Sarah may be 90 and Abraham may be 100. 
And this situation is impossible. But God said, I'm going to give you a miracle baby. And so Abraham considered not. Romans 5, yeah, or 4. Abraham considered not his own body now dead, neither the deadness of Sarah's womb, but he was strong in faith, giving glory to God. He was oblivious to the obvious and kept his focus on God and on the promise of God. And even when all of the evidence is to the contrary, if you have a promise, if you have a word from God, I know that even now all will be well. Even now, ladies and gentlemen, the answer can still come. Even now, God can alter your situation. And that's where you have to get today in your faith and in your expectancy. Because saints, expectancy is the birthplace of the miraculous. And in those areas, one of the areas that Satan fights us more than any other is in that lack of anticipation. And you and I cannot allow our hope to fade. We cannot allow ourselves to lose that expectation that anticipation the Bible says not not to give up on your confidence or cast away your confidence but when you hallelujah have believed the promise you will obtain it you have need of endurance that's what we need today is just to stand our ground as the word said this morning take up that whole armor of God take up that sword of the spirit put on that helmet of salvation. Put on that breastplate of righteousness. Take up that shield of faith and quench every fiery dart of the wicked. And no God says even now, even now, even now, I can still work in your life. Come on, give God a praise. Hallelujah. Worship team, make your way on back. Listen, saints, never close the book on your life when God's not finished writing your story. Huh? And I'm telling you, he ain't finished writing your story. So don't close the book on your life today. Don't never hang up the phone when God's still still on the other end of the line. Don't end that call. Amen? Hang in there. Believe God because he's working, still working in your life even when we can't see it. He's working. Even when we can't feel it. Don't we sing a song that says something like that? Even when we can't feel it, he's working. He never stops. He never stops. He never stops working. Hallelujah. Jesus knew exactly what he was going to do when he delayed in coming to Bethany. But the miracle when he got there was greater than it was. Would have been if he would have just healed him of the sickness. Amen. Such a powerful, powerful miracle. Amen. Jesus came to that tomb. The shortest verse in the Bible is in that chapter, isn't it? Verse 35. Some people say, I just can't memorize Scripture. Well, read John eleven thirty-five. Jesus wept. I've heard people say, well, why? 